Hey everyone, you are listening to Sheep Out of Water with Chris and Jason. And Chris, on behalf of all Hoosiers everywhere, welcome to the great back to the great state of Indiana. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year upcoming to everybody. How's your trip? We had a very good Christmas. Uh, it usually is. And uh, with 17 plus people, you know, everybody got along, which was always a plus. You know, the kids had some issues time, time and time again, but that's normal. So just a very blessed time. Uh, a lot of gratitude for all the gifts that we have. How was yours? Good. Yeah. We, everybody was able to make it just our kids and uh, we got to just visit with Corinne's brother and his his kids came down for a few days and I've gotten a chance to hang out with the older kids a little bit at get some random tickets to a football game on Monday night so went to the, the Colts game and and then oh, good. I mean I went up to Purdue to watch Purdue play uh basketball so it's been kind of a little bit of a sporting week as well yeah it has yeah but it's not easy to get those Purdue tickets especially when they're uh, undefeated still, right? Or did they yeah. get beat? Finally? Nope. Yeah, still undefeated, undefeated. Ranked number one in the country. It, it helps when you have a student that goes there and they have it's it's uh, winter break. Uh-huh. So there's a few student section seats available and that's where we, well, that's where we were. Okay. <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. Well, on to the Sunday reading series. Are you ready? I'm ready. Where do you, where do you want to start? I love the first reading. And I love what Moses says to Aaron. Uh, first reading is Numbers 6, 22 through 27. The Lord said to Moses, speak to Aaron. Of course, Aaron is his brother and the head, head priest, the chief priest of this new Levitical order of priests. Speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them, this is how you shall bless the Israelites. Say to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. So shall they invoke my name upon the Israelites, and I will bless them. I mean, there's not a whole lot more that you need. <laughs> you know, I, God keeps it pretty darn simple for us. He, he, he's saying to the chief priests and to all the Levitical order, don't make it difficult. Just let them know that it's through me that they receive peace and eventually, you know, eternal peace, as we've talked about in the previous episodes. So I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, but we always want to, we always want to know more, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we can't be okay with just that. <laughs> I was listening to uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, review in his book club thing about, um, Oh, the uh, uh, C.S. Lewis screw tape letters. We've talked about that before, too. That's exactly it, right? It's just the demons talking about, uh, let's make it more complicated. You've got to make it more complicated. Don't simplify it too much unless. Da, da, da. So, yeah, it just preys upon our like desire for knowing more. You know, it's like Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah. The, tr- the tree of good and evil, uh, uh, you know, knowing God knows that you will know what he knows. And so that's why he said, don't eat of it. Of course, he was like, okay, then let's eat. It's funny how that works. I always, when I get confused or there's some complex problem or something that has a whole bunch of information we have to figure out at work, whatever, you know, something stressful, I don't, there's no clear answer. 
I think one thing I've I've gotten to a point in life at the a strategy I, I try to employ is 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 to simplify things. It's like okay, what 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 do we know in this situation? What are, you know? And okay, we know these things, and and you just kind of try and distill it down to a couple of bare facts, and then move from there. And then at some point, you have to make a decision and move forward, right? And I I can see that the tie to that that approach here, like it's like when you you get lost and you get confused, like just try to simplify some things, you know. Yeah, the uh, so-called greatest generation and early baby boomers, they had that uh, saying down pat, you know, the kiss method, mm -hmm. keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it's just much more solvable <clears throat> and attainable if we keep it simple. And I think that's what God is, is saying to Aaron, you know, through Moses. Uh, the other thing about that whole thing, too, is um, – the whole shining of his face, right? So the Lord let his face shine upon you. And then if we look in the responsorial psalm, we see the same thing happening where, you know, we, we see that the psalmist praying, may God have pity on us and bless us. May he let his face shine upon us. So there's already deep, deeply ingrained, you know, in the, in the Israelites, this sense of God shining his face upon us and the light of of god lighting the way for us and of course in the gospel you know that we hear about the shepherds how they went in haste to mary and joseph and the infant lying and in the major and what they saw this made known the message that had been told them and we don't hear what that message is because the reading uh it, it occurs earlier in the chapter, but what the message is, is basically that God has chosen this time and they are not to be afraid because God is coming to proclaim good news of great joy that will be for all of his people. What comes right before that? The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So this there's a sense of like this light, you know, of God's face, God's presence, God's being. And where it shows up, there's just this light, this glowing that is itself full of blessing and peace and comfort. Uh, so I, I just got all wrapped up. I took that big old blanket of God's face and <laughs> wrapped it around myself and cuddled right up to the fire. <laughs> it's funny. In, in the gospel, I got fixated on the line about and mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart and in mm -hmm. the whole the act of pondering or wondering has been on my mind this week so one because of this reading two uh, another book i i re received as a christmas gift um it's called the six types of working genius i got it from my boss and uh we've gone through a number of books by Patrick Lencioni, some some leadership work type books, and this is his latest version of it. But it breaks down these these basic you know working geniuses that we all have, and it's it's you can think of all kinds of personality things and and all these things. But one of the first one they talk about is the, the genius of wonder, and it's a, a natural. They describe it, and Patrick Lencioni describes it as the natural gift of pondering the possibility of greater potential an opportunity in a given situation. 
And I'm tying this back to, you know, I'm thinking like, do I have that working genius in terms of work and all that kind of stuff? And I'm tying it to the reading and I'm this whole theme of pondering. We don't ponder or reflect enough is, is my definitely not surmise. You know, we, in our culture, right. We, we, we want to know something. We want to know it now. And then we want to act on it. And we don't ever step back and just, just, well, why is this thing? So like the, the whole idea of pondering in the, in the sense of, of God would be, you know, do we, how often do we think of things in the context of God? Right. Ultimately, which this means trying to find the truth. Right. So we asking questions like, Hey, why am I here? What is God's will for me in this moment or for me in life? Um, so I was thinking like, okay, for an example, all right, we know this about God. He wants us to love our enemies, <laughs> love everyone, but love our enemies. Right. Um, so, okay. If I'm thinking and I'm pondering in the ways of God, I'm thinking about that, that want, and what does that look like moving forward? Right. So, so how does that impact me when, how am I going to react in the future when somebody disagrees with me? You know, and just, just stepping back and thinking for the future, thinking of what, Hey, what's most significant with regard to my life and God. Um, and there's another aspect of pondering and, and reflection that there's these two key ingredients, which are, are patience and experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pulling some of this from, I got a really cool Christmas present. Uh, it's a, a new reflective, uh, new, uh, um, commentary on, on the gospel. Oh, cool. By, uh, Peter Craft. Good. Uh, and he just, so he's throwing a lot of these things. And so I, so I start diving into the reflection, uh, that, that he had in the readings. And of course he's talking about pondering as well. And I think he's the one that talked about those two, two key ingredients of patience and, and experience. And it's like, again, we want to know everything now. But we don't always get to, and we always, we, we shouldn't always, we shouldn't always get to, right? So we've got to kind of think about it, take our time, be patient about it, pray about it, um, maybe gain some experience in this issue, in this area to kind of learn a little bit more uh, rather than just saying, okay, well, this is, I can read that somebody wrote this in a 40 character tweet and then that's the answer. I'm good with that. And I don't ever want to think about it again. Yeah. Cause I, there it is. It's, yeah, there's no pondering, right? Because I'm just going to accept it as it is. Yeah, and so like to me, it's too. It's a simple like, hey, how often do you ask? Well, why is that? You know, Nora started doing that again. Like, thought on a <laughs> show, like you know, the annoying kid thing. Why? 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 We should do that as adults, <laughs> a little bit more deeper, right? Um, so that was, that was pretty heavy on my mind, uh, as I was going through this and just, it, it was getting, it was hitting me up in, in different angles and different things I was reading. And so it was kind of cool. Well, and as you think about, um, you know, you brought, uh, your daughter and, and as she's growing and she's starting to ask these questions, why again? And that was tied to something I was thinking about when you said Mary pondering and keeping all those things in her heart, because when else does, when else do we hear about Mary keeping these things in her heart? And it's when Jesus is growing. And he's gets lost, lost. I'm doing air quotes for those who hear me but don't see me. <laughs> he's gets he gets lost, gets separated from the group. They're gone for three days. I'm sure Mary and Joseph were just about to lose their minds. You know, what happened to him? They finally go back, they find him there in the temple. Uh let him know that they're pretty dang anxious about the fact that he has been gone and looking for him. And 
you know, he says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Okay, so there's that issue of, well, I don't understand. And the scripture goes on. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. So there's this sense of pondering, like, I, I know what the angel told me. I know how I conceived and it wasn't anything normal. And all of these miraculous things have happened. And yet here I am with this kid that I'm looking for for three days who happens to be the son of God and I right. can't find him. And he retorts back, not in a disobedient way, because we hear right away he went and was obedient to them. But she's got to ponder it. She's got to just sit with it because there's part of our humanity that just can't grasp everything, even though we want it to. Like you said, whether it's a 40 character tweet or one of our, you know, political leaders or, or TikTok leaders or, you know, big news media leaders, like these people that we put up on these statues or pillars, if they can't, they, they might say something. We, we know it's just, it's not there, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to go with what they said because I'm too damn lazy to just sit and ponder, or I just don't feel like I had the time or I don't have the time because I'm too darn busy doing these other things. So I'm, I'm totally getting you on that. We're, we're stumbling into another spiritual dichotomy, right? We've got, we got to ponder, but we also need to trust and act in faith to God. We're not always going to know everything and why he has it set up a certain way. And, And the way you just described, you know, Mary is this, you know, this, a great example, like she's pondering, like pondering these things in her heart, these really, really complex, weird, strange things, but yet she doesn't hesitate either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I don't know how to advise anybody on how to walk that tightrope between, cause you can get frozen, you know, paralysis by analysis, right? Uh, at some point you just have to act in faith and then see what happens. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's that, that one of those spiritual dichotomies again. Like Martha and Mary also. Right. You know, with Lazarus' sisters, the one sitting at the feet pondering, listening, the other one busy about many things. Yeah. And the fact that there's this balance between being doers and listeners of the word. I mean, so many times I think it falls down to the, the context of the situation, what's going on around you to, to, to make a decision on, okay, are you going to be a Martha or a Mary in this particular situation? And, you know, it's, it's not always, you, you should always be 100% one or the other, right? Yeah. And as you were saying that I just got to thinking and for the doers and the listeners, the shepherds seem to balance that out. They, they were out doing their things in the field and, they listened to these angels and then they acted on it and they went. And then I got thinking, what was the point of the shepherds? I've never <laughs> in my whole life, all those years of priesthood thought, what was the point of the shepherds? I mean, I know there's a whole like God revealed himself to the lowest first, you know, God was with those and sent his angels to announce it to not the big famous gurus, but to the, the lowliest of the people in the fields. But when they went to marry Joseph, and they revealed this whole thing about this is really like the son of God, the Lord and Messiah was Joseph. Like, yeah, no shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> what's your point being here? You know? uh. <laughs> <laughs> you got some sheep to keep us warm. Like what, what is your point? What, 
but obviously I'm being very tongue in cheek and a little crass, but honestly, what, what I'm going to have to ponder on that. What was the well, point so of the shepherds? We'll do a little, we'll do a little faith experiment here. Cause I've, I've never really had a good answer or thought about that too deeply myself. So we're going to note that tonight and say, look, on episode 26, Chris and I are asking the question. We're not quite sure what the answer is. Like what exactly <laughs> is the role of the shepherd in, in this nativity story? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I agree. I, I agree with you to the extent. Like, I think the example of the low, lowliest, he appears to every, you know, them first. And I, maybe there's something there too, to, you know, I'm hypothesizing here that, Hey, they were out in the middle of nowhere. And so they were more attuned to, they weren't distracted by a whole bunch of things. So they were more attuned to what was going on so they could respond. But yeah. that would be a theory I have in this moment. It just came to me, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. So stay tuned listen to future episodes is, and we're just going to see what happens whenever God decides to tell us what's going on with the shepherds. What's the point of the damn shepherds? <laughs> there's the, by the way, there's the title for this week's episode. Agreed. <laughs> what's the point of these damn shepherds? There we go. Our executive producers have no input. There nope. it is. <laughs> Done. <laughs> in, in the gospel reading, going on to the second point I have from this, uh, when eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And what I pull from that and my readings and everything is, look, even the Holy Family and even Jesus, to, to your point before, um, they respond to the church, if you will, or authority, if you will, right? Like in those two examples, and it's only one sentence, but okay, they know they have god incarnate with them so why are they worried about getting him circumcised they listen to the angels telling them you need to name him jesus like think about that like if some random well maybe it was an angel i'm sure i'd pay attention but if somebody just walked <laughs> into your room and just said hey you need to name your your firstborn son larry you know like they were that that is an act of faith but so they they even the holy family is responding to a religious authority, if you will, or, you know, a spiritual authority. And, and I think there's a message to that. Um, we don't live in a time where that's, that's a very popular thing is, is to respect and uh, authority and uh, especially in a religious authority. Um, but God wants us to, as long as it's a righteous authority, right. Um, mm -hmm. Acting in, 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 from God's teachings, but you know, how we worship and, how we pray and, and how we live, all those kinds of things. Like the, we have to listen and we have to worship in certain ways. And it, God has that in play for us because it's good for us. It's not something he's not being mean, but um, so they show this, this, this beautiful example. I think and even Mary and Joseph follow the prescriptions of their faith and their, their religious community. Right. Yeah. It, and uh, they just released a few more episodes of the chosen. Um. And I can't remember the where you, you can watch it, whatever you can Google it to find out where you can watch the chosen show because they don't do it on YouTube anymore. Um, and I, we talked about it probably, I don't know, five or six months ago, but just how it brings such a beautiful storytelling of, of, of uh, the humanity of Jesus and how that intersected with his divinity. And there's this whole like, thing in this most recent episode where where the episode's called um 
physician heal thyself, where Jesus goes into the synagogue and he's preaching and he reads the scroll from Isaiah and says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your presence, your hearing. And so that, you know, the off scripture dialogue continues and they're saying, well, you know, are you saying you're greater or you're, you're disagreeing with the law of Moses? And he's like, I am the law of Moses. And they're all like, <laughs> oh. but there's a sense of Jesus never went away from the teaching. He fulfilled that teaching uh, just as the angels had said, you know, that he is going to be the Messiah, the one who brings about this final like freeing of the Jewish peoples. It just wasn't in the way they thought, but he did it through in and through the law, transcending it only in making it better. So it wasn't just, you know, love thy neighbor, but love thy enemy, you know, so he didn't have to get rid of anything in order to fulfill it and transcend it. He just made it that much stronger. You mentioned earlier about confusion and, and, and all these kinds of things. I think responding to the authority in your religious community and is a way to get you back in alignment, right? If we are all just kind of worshiping the way I want to worship or have this truth about God and you can have your truth about God and then everything falls apart pretty quick. So you need, you need this to help kind of keep things in line in a good way so that there's order and not chaos. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we, it's again, this this balance, like we still have to own things for ourselves. We can't be robots, but we need this order to keep us from just completely wandering away. Yeah. And, you know, we think we're divided here in the United States of America right now, uh, we've always been divided um, more so at other times. But the United States of America has nothing on division within the church, you know. And right now we've got cardinals against cardinals, archbishops, bishops against bishops, and priests against priests, and deacons against deacons. And, uh, you know, it, it can get so sickening sometimes because you're like, these are our leaders. Really, like this is the best we can do. Same thing we talked about with politics. Like these are the church leaders, and one of them is telling me that I need to be this, that, and everything else if I want to be a good Catholic. And then the other one's saying that I'm a terrible Catholic unless I accept this, 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 and that. And you're like, which one do I do? Which one is the right one, or is there something in between? And shows like The Chosen, you know, just remind me that this stuff went. You know, there's division a lot longer. The United States has been around. There's division among the apostles, you know, yeah. as Jesus is trying to teach them how to be faithful to him and his call to discipleship. And there in the immediate church, you know, after Jesus died and rose, we have Paul in fights with Peter. We have uh, other early church fathers in fights, physically punching other ones, you know, that are defending <laughs> the faith. Like, it's it's always been there because it's part of our human nature. But the point is, like you're saying, I think to continually ponder and come back to what is God through our church throughout the generations actually asking of me to do. Yeah. I mean, I would propose leaders in our church or gosh, even world leaders, like step back and like, let's, let's simplify things like you and I were saying, and like, let's get back to, okay, here's what we agree on. Let's, let's go back and let's concentrate on that. And then, then we can maybe talk about things, but we've gotten down some, some amazingly uh, 
strange rabbit holes that are dividing people. Yeah. And at the end of the day, a lot of it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and it gets wor- worsened by people not listening, you know, mm-hmm. not listening to hear what the other side is saying. Yeah. And I'm sure some of that stuff, you know, with, oh, you know, some of the LGBT issues, you know, that the church has tried to address in different ways, you know, with church teaching and all that sort of thing. I think that's a good example of it, which is some priests are just, I think, basically saying, hey, we've got to have compassion for everyone and make everyone feel as if they are welcome because they are. Jesus preached to everyone, sinners, saints, whatever. So I think down in there, well, it's kind of like that priest we talked about, the the gangster priest, you know, that, that uh, <laughs> the Jesuit who goes out and tries to talk to yeah, all the former gangbangers. Yeah, homeboy ministries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Current. So you've got this whole idea of like there's different approaches, and I don't think there's anybody saying that nobody is welcome. It's right. just how do we live out that discipleship faithfully as God through the scriptures and the church throughout the ages asks of us. And when no one's listening to anyone and just doing the forty character tweets and shouts and screaming and everything else, that's it's the devil winning and it's not that God's losing. We're the ones that are losing God. You know, God is apart from the whole thing, calling us to him. He's in our hearts calling us to him, but we're the ones losing devil's winning through all that nonsense. You know, take you, take us back to Matthew 18, you know, with the, the Advent challenge when, when Jesus talks to us about how we, how are we supposed to, to confront uh, some a brother in the church or someone that's wronging you, you're supposed to do it one on one, face to face, with nobody watching you. Mm. And we don't we don't do that anymore. So you can use you know the the, the LGBTQ issues in the church or, or 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 you know anything else more controversial. Pick one. But when was the last time you saw two church leaders? Uh, or or two contemporary leaders, if you want to, to have sit down and have a respectful dialogue, uh, and, and listen to each other, talk about, hey, here's where I'm saying, this is why I'm saying, this is why I think this is an issue, and okay, well, you said that, and that would be it'd be incredibly healthy. Now, should that be done for for public consumption? Probably not, but like, I don't even think those conversations are happening. So it means we're we're getting nowhere with these issues because no one's actually sitting down to to have real conversations about them. Mm-hmm. So we're just spinning our wheels right now. And like you say, I mean, the devil's winning. So pick your issue. You know, we want to just kind of plant our flag and tell everybody what we we stand for. But are we really <laughs> having conversations with other people who disagree and trying to learn from them and see where there's common ground? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Yeah. I don't know how you and I in our basements, you know, on these <laughs> weekly podcasts are able to affect that other than we have some good conversations about this weekly scriptures and um, are trying to go about evangelization in our own way, you know, as yeah. a former priest and a former atheist and have those dialogues. But yeah, that reminded me, can I go back to the pondering thing? I meant to mention this too, like um, my atheist days, like, I, I want to say I'm I'm a wonderer, ponderer, and maybe I was, but because of the way I lived my life and in a lot of experiences and things like that, I got really good at not pondering. 
because mm-hmm. I didn't want to think about things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't want to make things complicated at all. So <laughs> uh, it didn't help in a lot of ways because there was no plan. It was just kind of reacting to what was going on in, in front of me. Well, and and you bring up a good point there too, which is uh, maybe why people get so damn goofy about talking about religion when they're high or they're drunk. I mean, I cannot tell you, mm. and I was no holy roller through college, but the amount of conversations that I've had where I was sober and other people were not, and all of a sudden they wanted to talk about God and they wanted to talk about spirituality, you know, whether they're drunk or high, they're and you know this distracting ourselves from the pain of of um, the material world seeking to do that through drugs and alcohol then brought them to the deeper pondering the issue that they couldn't escape because their inhibitions were gone and then all of a sudden they're they're pondering these things about god and sounding like absolute idiots but is there something about human nature that when the hard shell of material life falls off allows for the person to at least have a desire uh to dig deeper into the things of god or or let me rephrase it this way we all have that in our soul some of us are better at masking it than others or are so afraid to talk about that that eternal quest that we have from our soul about what who is god what does he want from me? Why am I here? I, I I tend to prescribe the theory that we all have that burning question going on inside mm-hmm. us. It's just not been, it's not typically accessed. But to your point, people and I'm not we're not I'm not advocating for people to get hammered and that <laughs> never it, you, you don't really get anywhere in those conversations by any means, but um no grow the yeah. hell up and do it sober that's right because <laughs> it's hard it's harder to do that because you have to really think consciously and you then you can't blame yourself well yeah i said this and it was really stupid and you know um but i was i had too many so excuse me you know there's an excuse but but yeah i think there's something to that though i think it takes away the, the those inhibitions and then you can kind of ponder out loud even though it's a hot mess last thing i have written down for me and it goes back to the first reading you're talking about the Lord bless you and keep you, you know, it's in the Psalm and in the first reading. Um, we've said this before too, but what struck me and, and maybe it's tied to this is it's tied to pondering. I think, okay, you're not told how the Lord's going to bless you. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't say how. So yeah. if, if we're not pondering and wondering why, then we may miss it. You know, we may miss how he's trying to bless us because we're not looking and we're not thinking about these deep questions. That's so that, profound. Because he may bless you through suffering. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Very profound. Well, that's something that, uh, yeah, I mean, we, you, it's people say it all the time. Well, you'll be stronger from this, you know, when you're going through a tough time. And nobody wants to hear it when they're in the middle of suffering, but that's 8 million times, hundred percent true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it might be a lot of times it can be a blessing, but um, so well, I, yeah. Just to add that phrase in there, the Lord bless you. And in the midst of the sufferings through which he's blessing you may keep you, meaning keep you faithful to him, shine his face upon you and be gracious to you because you're going to need that grace to make it through. Yeah. Yikes. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, praise you, Lord, but yikes. <laughs> Good one, Jason. That's awesome. I've had a lot of time to sit and read and ponder this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. and before we, we see our ticker telling us our time is running out here, but uh, I did want to uh, acknowledge some vulnerability here, and that's that I did not complete the Matthew challenge uh, for Advent. <laughs> I made it through chapter 20. And then I just didn't couldn't cross the finish line. And part of me didn't want to because I'm like, it's Christmas, it's a birth of Christ. I don't want to think and read and pray with the death of Christ. Like I'll handle that in Lent. So I failed, but hey, I got through 20 chapters of Matthew that I would not have had hey. you not off- offered the challenge. So thank you. No, and that, that'll work, right? You get 20 chapters in. So yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully our listeners, maybe they got one chapter in or two and who knows? But it was kind of fun to try. So well, we probably need to, to close up in prayer. Do it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for this week. Thank you for uh, time with family, safe travel for, for Chris and his family. Uh, we just thank you for the, the ability to ponder. We ask that you help us try to stay away from distractions, try to Give us the courage to ask those hard questions and and give us the patience to take time to think about it and help us realize that we're not going to see the answers uh, the way we think we want them or we think we need them. Help us to get past those challenges in life. Amen. Amen. You know where I'm going with this one. As a former priest, I can no longer exercise my priestly ministry, except for someone in danger of death. However, as a priest in the order of Melchizedek, there's something ontologically different. And so this is where I'm going with this one. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. And may he do so through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.